0: start you off in your condition and your sin and then they'll take you on over to calvary and they'll show you jesus and it's usually in that third verse that none of the good baptists like to sing anymore in america that's the verse they like to leave out <laughs> and uh i like them all don't you and uh they'll take you to calvary and show you jesus high and lift it up and before you're said and done they're going to take you to glory and uh and that's how most of them go. They start you out in your sin, they take you to an altar, and they show you Jesus, and then they take you to heaven. And uh, I'm thankful that's what Jesus did for me. Show showed me my sin, but he showed me my Savior. Yeah. Amen. 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 And one of these days, he's going to show me everything he's prepared for me. Yes. Yes, Amen. 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 And uh, I want that to stay uh, in your heart tonight, that uh, tune that to my heart. Oh, I don't want ever. I went over there and told the Lord, "Don't let me get out of tune." And when I'm out of tune, let me know. Yes. I don't want my heart to be out of tune. I don't want. I don't want to lose my discernment of the will of God. I don't want to lose my, my touch from heaven when I preach and when I sing, and uh, and when I and when I pray. Yes. Keep my heart. And when I praise, yes. keep my heart in tune to You. Oh, it ought to be my prayer every day. And Lord, keep my heart in tune. So what I'm doing is making a beautiful noise to you. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, Deuteronomy chapter 6, book of Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and uh, chapter 6, I want to ask you to stand again while we read. I won't ask you to. You don't have to. You can sit back down. Y'all can sit back down. Y'all are, y'all are so used to me asking you to. I won't. You, you can sit. But thank you for, thank you for being eager to. As about, that show, went to show. as about 15 of them. They, they was just busy flipping, and, and uh, about half the church stood up, whether you realized it or not. And the other half, I don't know if the other half was listening and the other half wasn't or, or the other half was just being rebellious and wasn't going to stand up. I'm not real sure what side you stand on, but, oh, man. Deuteronomy and the sixth chapter. Don't you appreciate the Lord helping us tonight? Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 6. And uh, look with me in verse 6. Uh, these are the verses, new verses for our... Uh, for our kids to be learning this month in school. We had our first day with our new students today and we'll come back tomorrow with our returning students and they'll be learning these verses uh, fresh and new. And uh, God spoke to my heart this morning out of these verses. and I want to preach on this thought and maybe share some things up in your heart as parents and as church, as young people in our school and uh, as people that support it. You may not have a You may not have a child in the school or a grandchild in the school, but if you go to this church, you're a part of our school. Uh, With your tithe, with your giving, with your offering, with your prayers. I I hope you pray uh, for the school. And uh, it is a great tool that the Lord's given us in these last days to train up children in the way they should go. And we do have that Bible mandate, Proverbs 22. uh, Train up a child in the way it should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And uh, it is a great tool that the Lord's given us, and I bless His name for it. I I want you to begin reading, and we'll stop whenever we stop. Uh, But we'll start reading in Deuteronomy 6, and the sixth verse. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, sounds like the Lord wants these words to be all around them. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. Matthew Henry, I read behind said before they had uh, before they had Bible like we have it, brother Dan, they'd take and they'd they'd bind them scrolls around their arms so they could unroll it and read it throughout the day. Matthew Henry, uh, a writer in the 1700s, said the history he had studied, they'd, that's when he'd bind them around their arm uh, and around their hand. They'd unroll them scrolls throughout the day, and they'd have portions of Scripture. Uh, and, thou, uh, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. He also said that uh, that Scripture would be everywhere. In their vision, everywhere between their eyes, everywhere they'd look, they'd put it in their house so they could see it. Uh, they didn't have the, the copy, or they didn't have the Bible as we hold it in our hand, and so they would place portions. They'd write portions of Scripture on the walls and, and places that they frequent, and so they'd see it uh, in their line of vision. Uh, verse nine: And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house. On thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. It may be part of our problem. We've got, we're drinking from wells we didn't dig and living in houses we didn't build. And we've got more than we've ever, than we've ever had. And, and, and we don't know that we have less than we've ever had. Most people, because they got more than they've ever had. And, and most have forgot God. And you let a chaos... A chaotic event takes place, and it, it's amazing how quickly people remember God. Right. Right. Thou shalt fear the Lord, verse 13, thy God, and serve Him, and shalt swear by His name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around about you, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted Him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, and cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Boy, I like these verses. When when your children ask you, what does this all mean? (laughs) Then thou shalt say unto thy son, aren't you glad we have something to say? We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders. I like that we were business too because I am glad I am not who I used to be. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes and he brought us out from fence that that he might bring us in. I'm probably going to preach a message one day on he brought you out so he could bring you in. Brought you out of Egypt so he could bring you in to his presence, into his fold. Brother Tripp, back there in the sound booth, sound booth, sound booth, aren't you glad he brought you out so he could bring you in? <laughs> brought me out of sin, brought me out of Egypt, brought me out of the world, he brought me into his fold, brought me into his bride, brought me into his body, brought me into his church, brought me into his prayer chambers. Brought brought me into his blood, brought me into his cleansing, his redemption, his forgiveness. Brought me out of my sin and brought me into his son. Give us the land which is swearing our fathers and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. We'll stop reading there tonight. Lord Jesus we thank you for the sweet spirit of God in the service tonight. Thank you for the sweet liberty God that's here. Thank you God for the songs that have been sung for the scripture that's been read. I pray God tonight Lord that God, the voice of God would thunder through this preacher into the hearts and minds of every man, woman, boy, and girl here tonight. I pray, God, that we'd be attentive to the holy word of God. Lord, that we'd be obedient to the word of God. God, that it might change our lives. Lord, that it not go in one ear and out the other. But God, that it might be observed. God, that it might be obeyed. That it might be applied. God, that we might live out the will of God for our life. Help us now. Lord, convict us and confirm us and, and uh, Lord, uh, do in our hearts what needs to be done. Lord, we'll love you and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I'm interested in going back to verse 7, verse 6 and verse 7. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And he says what you're to do with these words is thou shalt teach them diligently Unto thy children, I—I uh, I don't know that I needed a refresher or a reminder, but today, as we read these verses and and began our memorizing these portions of Scripture, the Lord reminded me of the value of what it is we're doing—not just in school, just but in church and in the home—and uh, you search through Scripture and to uh Institutes that the Lord gives us in teaching our children is uh, in the home and down at the house of God. You can find it in the Old Testament. They were teaching them. Uh, it was the home's responsibility to train up children, and the church's responsibility to train them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And I'm glad God's let us combine the two, and the two work together without the without the motivation from the home, without the support from the home, the church is kind of uh, in limbo with their ability to do a whole lot that's not being supported at home. I can preach in here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night until I'm blue in the face, but until it gets in the heart of the home and the leadership of the home, uh, it will probably not go a whole lot in the heart of the child in the home. You see, it takes the home standing behind the church to do the great work that God's wanting to do in the heart of the children as we're teaching them. And then uh, uh, when the home has that mindset Thank God tonight there is a church that has that desire and that desire to fulfill what the home is pushing and preaching and teaching and I'm glad they can go together. I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want to be in the situation in my home where my home was out of line with the church if the church was in line with Scripture. And I wouldn't want to be in the situation where I had a home that could not find the church in line with Scripture. Thank God tonight God's given us Homes and churches uh, that are working together for the cause of Christ in our families' lives. And uh, I want to preach tonight on why I believe in Christian education and why it's important. And uh, whether you're a child, you can glean from this. Whether you're an adult, you can glean from this. Whether you have children and you have no children, you can glean from this because I want you to understand what it is we're doing. I want you to understand why it is we're doing it. And I want you to understand the grave importance of it in the day that we're living in. Uh, And it is very vitally important that the church is working with the home and the home is working with the church and we're building up Christian children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Bible lays out. I just introduction tonight. I understand that this is uh, uh, this is Moses getting the word of God, giving it to the children of Israel. These are the commandments of God. I understand that our salvation is not in the keeping of the commandments because in every point man has failed in the keeping of the law Uh, and if you fail in one point you've failed in all of them if you sin in one point in the keeping of the law you've sinned against all the law and thank God our salvation is not dependent on our keeping of the law but he was perfect he was a great keeper of the law not only the keeper of the law but the provider of it as well and I reckon the one who gave it is the one who can keep it amen the Lord Jesus I understand all of this but the uh, mandate to Israel was that what was given to them be passed down generation to generation and that's where you and I come in in the present day we're living in I'm glad somebody passed down the King James Bible to me I'm glad somebody passed it down to the one who passed it down to me and before there was a King James Bible somebody was passing down the word of God that it could get to the hands of those that translated into English and before there was an English language there was the word of God you can trace the New Testament back to Antioch you can trace the word of God back to. Uh, uh, these, uh, 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 that rode under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost the precise exact words uh, that God himself would have to be written and I'm glad somebody was passing down truth so I can get a hold of it. And here we come along in 2017 and we're doing the same thing that men and women have been doing, Brother Chris, for generation after generation, taking what's been taught to us and putting it in the heart of somebody else. I don't know if you realize how important that is tonight. I don't know if you realize how great... And wonderful a privilege that that is that that this is to be their life and this is to be in front of their eyes and this is to be in their heart and this is to be in their mind and this is to be in their ears and more than they hear everything else in the world they need if they're going to have solid foundation to hear the scripture to hear the word of God to know the the mind of God for their life and they may not know what all God wants them to do 20 years but they know what God's wanting them to do right now because they've got the Word of God in them and around them. Truth is being placed in their vision and placed in their hearing. And and there's something about it being in your ear. How shall they, for we know that faith, the Bible said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? And thank God tonight, uh, I'm glad, thank God, when you hear the word of God, it's going to work its way into your heart. And in your heart is where it does its work. Not in your mind. It'll go in your mind, but it's heading for your heart. Until it gets to your heart, it's not going to change you. But if it ever get out of your head and get in your heart, it'll do a great work in your life. Aren't you glad for the day when the scripture got out of your head and got in your heart? It may have started in your head, but it went to your heart. And thank God there was a day when your head didn't change your mind, but your heart changed your mind. Amen. And when your heart ever changes your mind, the Bible said our heart's desperately wicked above all things who can know it. But I'm glad God knows the heart and he tries the reins of the heart. He knows your heart. And thank God if your heart ever changes your mind, uh, it will be changed for good. I want to give you these three things tonight, and I'll I'll, I'll let you go to the house, we'll have prayer. Uh, Why I believe in Christian education, number one, it is a biblical command. Uh, That I, as a father, as a preacher, as a parent, as a Christian, train up young people, it's been placed underneath me, it is a biblical command that I have. Now, uh, in our text, verse 6, these words, this is the word of God, he's saying, it's, uh, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. You're going to give it all you've got to teach them, he said that what I've told you right now. It is your job, it is your duty, it is your responsibility, it is your privilege, it is your job to teach them, not just your children, but the children that come in contact with your life, it is your job, he said, Moses and the and the adults in Israel, to teach them diligently all of the words that I have commanded thee this day. It was a biblical command that they teach them the scripture. Can I say to you this evening it still is a biblical command that a father and a mother and a preacher and a Christian lay person a Sunday school teacher teach the word of God. Let me say Sunday school teachers I'm not as interested in your stories as I am his. Thank God you put them in where they fit but tell them about Jesus. Tell them about the word of God. Tell them about the work of the spirit. Tell what is the truth out of Bible scripture my job as a preacher is not to pick out two words in the Bible and then tell funny stories all throughout that based on that Bible verse. My job, and it don't I'm not against illustration, don't misunderstand me but my job is to open up the Scripture. My job is to uh, edify and to exhort and to encourage you in the Word of God. My job is to teach you the Scripture and same is the job of the parent and the home and the church. It is a biblical command that we teach them the Word of God now the Bible does not command five days a week between the hours of 8 o'clock and 2.30 that we have to teach them in a classroom setting Uh, it don't command that but it does command that we teach them the scripture and I'll give you some verses and then I'll go back to what I was just saying there Genesis chapter 18 when God was going to send Uh, destruction and judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, Brother Dan, he said, uh, uh, I'm going to let Abraham know what I'm about to do. And chapter 18, verse 19, he said, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. In Genesis chapter 18, God said, I'm going to tell Abraham, what I'm going to do, because I know he's teaching his family and while he's teaching his family, he's got charge of them, he's got command of them, and they're going to do what he says, which is ultimately what I said. And you see there how that father had that command, how he had that charge, how he had that, how that role in their life, and he was able to keep them out of trouble because he was able to teach them the Word of God and the will of God. I look at Lot, Lot didn't have that when Lot went to his daughters and his son-in-laws and said judgment's coming they laughed him to scorn wouldn't hear nothing he said he hadn't been teaching them the word of God why was he going to start now I got news for you it does start when their children train up Proverbs 22 train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it you might as well not wait till they're 15 to start disciplining them when the rebellious years come they better learn listen they, I'm not trying to act like I'm an expert my children are not yet grown and and I may find out there comes a day when my heart is sorely broken but I'll never find that there comes a day when the biblical role and command is not true and I'll give you some more verses Ephesians 6, four says, Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture, that where nurture is discipline and admonition of the Lord. Second Timothy 3.15 And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Everywhere I look, everywhere I find, God's doing this work in the hearts of little children. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me. I got news for you. that The word of God's not too big and not too strong for the little children. The preaching of the word of God is not too much for the little children. The songs that we sing is not too much for the little children. And it is mine and your responsibility because we have a biblical command that we teach them and train them to have discipline for authority and the Word of God. It starts when they're little children. I remember being newly wed and newly father and uh, it was a great struggle of how I was going to raise and how we were going to raise our boys and I remember... The best way I knew how I'd do right, and them boys would be in the crib, and I could tell when they was doing right and when they wasn't, I could tell they knew the difference. And there comes an age, and they know, and you know, and, 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 and I wasn't beating them children, but they'd, I'd pop them, and then they'd get more mad. And you know when they're they're misbehaving like that. You know when they're acting out, and they know. And they know when you mean business, and they know when you don't mean business. And they know when you say the same thing a million times and don't ever do it, or when you say it one time, and they know you're going to do what you said because you're a man or a woman of your word. And I promise you, it starts in that little child's heart at an early age. And it all starts, and we're talking about Scripture, it all starts as a child and discipline and honor and respect of parents. It ought not to start when they're 10 or 12, but it ought start as their babies growing up. They know that mother is the boss or that father is the boss. And our life don't revolve around them in the sense that we run to and fro. I know it does to a degree. Our children and things change because we have children, but I'm talking about we're not running around like chickens with our head cut off because we can't handle our children. Uh, but we've taught our children that what I say is true you say preacher that's awful hard to do I know it's awful hard to do Y'all, I, we didn't go out to eat for six months at one time hardly because it's difficult to take them little rascals out in public somebody say amen right there but if I ever got them out in public uh, and I told them something I was going to stand by what I said because I wanted them to know I wasn't going to lie to them uh, and, I, and listen to me it starts as children And we get them on up to where they can comprehend these things. We put them in Sunday school and we put them in church. And thank God for church and Sunday school. But I'm gonna tell you something. We're living in a day. You, you you turn on your TV when you get home and you look at the hell that's gonna come through your television screen screen. And about five minutes of TV on there, the the messages that come through to your children and the and the and the radio and and everywhere they look, and you about can't watch commercials anymore. Every time our commercials come on on TV, my kids say, can we watch? And 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 just turn around. I don't. We can't tell if it's going to be good or bad. That's right. And uh, and we teach them. And I'm telling you, there's more teaching against them, than there is for them. And if all oh, they're getting on. Listen. And if all they're getting is on Sunday thank God God's a big God on Sunday and he can help them on Sunday but if God gives you the opportunity to get them in it on Monday thank God that's just another day that they're getting the word of God and if you can give it to them on Tuesday that's another day and if you can get it to them on Wednesday that's another day and Thursday and Friday somebody ought to thank God that he's given you the means by which to educate your children in the word of God you say preacher doesn't matter I got news for you it's always mattered but it especially matters in the hour we're living in God has given you at this place day in and day out of the great ability to give the Bible to your children hey. and I promise you it ain't going to hurt them. I went to Christian school my junior and senior year Somebody might could say, well, you went to public school all them years and you turned that all right and you'd be right they might would say your wife went to public school her whole life and then she turned out all right and you'd be right and you might say most of the individuals in here if not all went to Christian or public school and you turned out all right and here you are and you might be right I'm not denying any of that but I'm telling you that God has given you the ability to give more Bible to them than you had the privilege of getting God's given you the ability to have more scripture in your life and still their life and still than you ever had and you thank God and I believe you all thank God that you've taken advantage of the great privilege that God's given you. More Bible's not going to hurt them. More more Scripture memorization's not going to hurt them. More preaching is not going to hurt them. And they may still not turn out right, but you won't be able to blame the Bible. You won't be able to blame God. You won't be able to blame anything you did for Jesus as to why they don't turn out right. I can't guarantee any of them turns out right, but I can guarantee you the truth will not hurt them. I can't guarantee that. There's a biblical command that we teach them. The Word of God. Did you know that up until recent years, all teaching, brother Dan, it may—I don't know. I don't want to put you this far back if you're not this far back, but probably a lot of your teaching as a child was still, am I right on that? Scripture-based. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Is that right? It was the tool used to teach children how to read and how to write. It was the avenue in which they learned how to read English and how to write English. And, and it was the textbook of educating. And we've just now recently in the last uh, few decades got away from that completely. But it wasn't always that way. And if it worked for generations of gone back, it's still a work tonight. It right. is a biblical mandate that we teach them. And it's not going to hurt you to get them in there every day of the week i not going to hurt them. Not only is it a biblical command that would teach them, but it is a basis for conversion. Look in verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. In thine heart. Now I said something a minute ago about being in your head, and not in your heart. And lots of people have the Bible in their head that's what's the matter with them. That's the only place it ever went. It found a resting place there. And it never got down to their heart. And they're, and they're, and I don't know the distance from your head to your heart, but that's about how many inches they are off from being saved. All right. All right. <laughs> you go home measure the distance from your head to your heart, and you'll find out how many inches. There's a lot of folks going to go to hell by inches. Because yeah. yeah. Scripture got in their head yeah. and never got in their heart. And they... I- had head knowledge and they didn't have heart knowledge and I've heard that preached my whole life you better get more in the head knowledge you better have a heart knowledge that Bible better find a resting place in your heart if it gets in your head uh, you'll be religious but if it gets in your heart you'll be reborn and redeemed and, and you'll be born again thank God for the day it, moved, it went around it went through my head and it got into the chambers of my heart and the Holy Ghost of God moved in and he's been living there ever since Aren't you glad, thank God, that the Word of God found a resting place in your heart. Dallas I tell you them two or three years where you struggled what your problem was you had it in your head but it had not yet made your heart and you'd come down in here and you'd feel guilty cause what was in your head was telling you you was wrong and you'd get on an altar but it never was in your heart till that day you got on your face before God humble and said God I'm a sinner I'm ready to get out of my sin I need to get saved and honey that day the word of God found it a place in your heart and that's where the life changing is made when the word of God gets nestled in your heart so there is a conversion Uh, the Christian education is a basis for conversion you'd be surprised how many times in them places it takes that little child's heart and it says in that place gives an illustration based on scripture somebody needing to be saved, and then it just asks them, would you like to talk to your supervisor about being saved? And there in that little office space, just them and the Holy Ghost, they've got to be reminded of whether or not it's in their head or whether or not it's in their heart. And they may reject them, but they're, we're building the basis for them to be converted one day. You say, preacher, I got saved and I never went to Christian school. I understand, I understand. You ought to thank God. You ought to thank God. I I got saved before I ever went to Christian school too. But I'm talking about it's not we're adding to. We're adding to that basis. We're adding to that ability. We're adding to that privilege. We're adding to that, that, that place where they are in a position on a daily basis where if they are lost, they are getting enough scripture that they can get saved trusting one day they will I believe we'll have some get saved this year okay. I believe this year there'll be some get saved I believe they will they need to be saved and God wants to save them and because of the scripture that's being as a basis for their conversion it's in their heart in their mind every day they're going to get under conviction and get saved it's the basis for their conversion for their destination where they're going heaven or hell not only that but for their direction of life see conversion is change change of heart change of mind, repentance and, and we need that to get saved but we need that to live for God There's a lot of folks that got on the altar and got saved, but they never had that basis to be pointed in the right direction to live for God, and Christian school gives them that. I'll give you a verse, and you probably need to go home and underline it if you're a mom or if you're a dad. Proverbs chapter 127, verse 4. You need to write that down and underline it if you're a parent. Proverbs 127, 4. Listen to it. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. The Bible relates your children to being arrows in the hand of somebody who knows how to use them. What does that mean? You know what you are as a parent when you put your kids in church? And when you put your and, and and listen, if you didn't have a Christian school within your grasp, within your reach, if you didn't have that, boy, I'm glad God's grace is sufficient. But if He's given you that, you ought to thank God every day that He's given you that ability. But listen to what I'm saying. You know what's going on down there at the school, boys? Y'all may not recognize it right now. Listen to what I'm about to say. Look, look, look at what I'm about to say, if that's possible, because I'm gonna say it with my hands. This is what's happening. Somebody that knows how to point you in the word of God and in the will of God is pulling you back and pointing you in the direction just like an arrow in the hand of a mighty man. Brother Rusty, as a daddy. That's my job. To point my children. I can't make them go in the right direction. That's between them and God. But I can sure enough point them in the right direction. If they turn out to be a dud. Listen, if I point them in the right direction. That's between them and God. But how are they going to get where they're supposed to go. Unless somebody gets behind them. And pulls them back. And points them in the direction. That they're supposed to go. And that is what Christian ed- Education is doing. We're pointing our children to be soul winners, to be clean be Christians, to have character, to be honest and and to do their work the best that they know how and and to be upright, individuals that can go out in the community and be bankers and lawyers and doctors and plumbers and electricians and mechanics and car dealers and whatever it is that they are, that they do it for the glory of God. It's our job to point. And it's the basis. God's, I, you can do that. I don't know, let me put it to you like this. If you point your children to God's the creator, God, worship him. And then everybody in their life that they see more than they see you and their preacher and their church says, God is a fairy tale made up by people who need a crutch. And religion is what a problem with the world is today. You know what they're doing? They're misdirecting where you're trying to point them. And then they say, you're, you're not even, you was not even created by God. You're here because of evolution. They're misdirecting. Could it be why so many of our children in the day and time we're living in are, 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 are off course? Where they ought to be it's because there's more misdirection than there is direction. Are you hearing me? I'm almost done preaching. I'm not trying to recruit nobody. I reckon everybody in here tonight's got their kids in their school I'm trying to rem- I'm not recruiting I'm reminding tonight. You men and you ladies that pay your hard-earned money and you better believe tonight that this preacher is reminded every day in his mind that these folks are paying for this education and they want the best they can get. And listen, you're, you say preacher it's a sacrifice but we're willing to do it for the glory of God. I promise you, you are, you are, uh, you are building on the lives of those that are being pointed in the direction that God Almighty has intended for them. Though it is biblical command, it is a basis for conversion. But it is a builder of character. You can read all of the rest of this text. And it gives all the thou shouts before it gets down to the thou shalt nots. And there's a bunch of thou shalt nots and there's a bunch of thou shouts. But before that, these have been diligently taught the scripture. And they know how to handle truth. Let, let, me, let me illustrate it like this. That right there, oh actually, that right there is the direction. You can aim them children wherever you want to aim them. And and they may not get there, that's between them and God, but they're not going to get there if they're not aimed there, more than likely. You aim them wherever you want to aim them. And we're trying to aim them to live for God, serve God, trust God, give God all you got. But here's what character does. It gives them... The ability, it don't give them direction, it gives them distance. To go where they've been set forth to go by the will of God. That Bible memorization every day gives you direction. That application of Bible memorization every day pulls the bow back. Those Bible verses you read—Maddie Jones, Maddie Williams, Allie, Sadie's gonna be in there now this year. And Bible verses you read—they point you. But applying it when you get in trouble for doing—I know none of y'all have ever got in trouble for cheating, but those that do—not any of y'all in here—but those that do—and you get in, and you get disciplined for it. And you got to go get along with God and get your heart right. It's a pull in the back. It's building character, boys. Knowing the difference from right and wrong. It's not just pointing you in the direction you're supposed to go, but it's pulling you back so you can have the determination and the dedication and the distance that you need to get where God wants you to go. And it's all working together. And one of these days when it's time for them to go, they'll have enough direction and enough distance and the dedication and determination to get where God wants them to be. So many more reasons tonight, but them just alone, I'll give you. That's why I still believe in what God's doing here. Because God's giving you distance and dedication and direction to get to where He wants you to be. And if you'll let Him, you'll not. There's a lot of folks that got a little bit of direction, but they didn't have nothing pushing them. No force behind them, and they just kind of fizzled out 15, 20 feet down the road. But boy, that Bible character gets to build character in you, and it'll, it'll help you plant your feet down in the ground. Yeah. Say, I am a Christian, and the devil may try to attack me and destroy me, but I'm going to keep doing right by God's help. I'm not quitting. I'm not getting out. I'm not quitting church. Thank God if you can go to Christian school on your own and you can make that decision and you can stick by it. I got I'd, I'd have to say I don't know I'm not God, but you can probably hang out in the house of God and be an adult in the house of God. If you can keep if you can finish what God told you start and you can learn how to do that in the beginning, you can do that the rest of your life. Right. All the while, God is using your pastor, your parents. Now well, let's change the order. God's using your parents. Your pastor, and they ought to be working together, never working against each other ever. God using your parents and your home, and God's using your pastor, and God's using your teachers. And this is what they're doing. They're giving you the force motivation and the momentum to be what God remember that talk we had the other day man to man, pastor to one of his young preachers, you know what I was doing if I ever see you get off course you probably would not but I didn't want you to get off course I'll come and I'll try to get you back on course midnight on Saturday night running Baptistry water that's what this is doing <laughs> every dime you spend, every dime you give, every prayer you pray every sacrifice you make God's Setting your course. He's chartering your way to get you where he wants you. He's blocking, I'm done. Come on to the piano. He's blocking the misdirection. And it's still there, but a whole lot less than it would be in other circumstances. <coughs> setting your course. Where he wants you and If you let him He'll take you there and It'll be better than anywhere in the world Or you wanted you to go Where he wants you to go Mom and dad If you want your children to go anywhere Other than where God wants them to go You're missing this whole thing Now if where you want them to go Is where God wants them to go more power to you. Praise God for you. But if you're wanting them to go anywhere other than where God wants them, you're missing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. Make me an arrow in thy quiver, Lord. And point me in the direction you want me to go and give me the force to get there. Make me applicable in your hands, amiable in your hands. Mold me, make me. When I play my harp, let it be in tune. When I'm pointed and I'm pulled back as a bow, let me go where you want me to go. As an arrow in a bow, let me go where you want me to go. Let's stand tonight. <coughs> Thank you.